0: Welcome to But Why the, the Podcast, a periodic discussion with guests from around the But Why the Writing community, brought together under one roof to discuss the latest happenings in the nerd pop culture community. My name is Aaron, and today I'm joined by a literal living database of comic book knowledge, CJ. Hi, guys. And our very own Master of the Jedi Archives, Adrian. Hey, how's it going? How we doing, folks?
1: Uh, winding down a very busy week. But other than that, I'm great.
0: Nice. Uh, Adrian, how about yourself, Paul? Uh
2: doing well. That that uh master of Jedi Archives really uh boosted my mood. Thank you so much for that. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: true. Well, and I apologize for all the audience listeners out there. I've usually got a bit more boom in my voice, but I have been uh pulled through a a, a bush backwards lately. So I've I've hit a few health snags here and there but i'm, I'm bouncing back and I'm, I'm, I'm getting in there I'm, I'm excited to be podcasting tonight and we've got some uh we've got some fun topics we're gonna dive into uh of course we're always talking about some of the latest trailers and exciting things that have happened in the past uh two weeks since we last recorded uh this week we're gonna get into house of the dragon season one uh kind of a brief non-spoilery you know chat into that and what we thought uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania dropped a new trailer, as did Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. And since we're on a James Gunn tear anyway, James Gunn and Peter Safran were also announced to uh, lead the new division of DC Studios, which we'll get more into and what that's going to look like. Our weekly topic covers the need for an industry change uh, to incentivize and praise the works of animators and VFX VFX artists. And at the forefront of this change well of course it had to be guillermo del toro of course uh, and lastly cj adrian and myself will give some thoughts on some of the great things that we've been watching lately as we've always got recommendations and you know suggestions for things we think you should catch this this last week all right so let's get into it uh, the latest trailers that have caught our eyes from the last week and the latest shows well we have to move this one to the top of the list just because it's so awesome House of the Dragon season one just recently ended with a massive finale. Man, damn, it was so good, guys! With obviously without going to any spoiler topics, you know we we don't want to. Everyone's still watching at their own pace and everything like that. But well, I guess what did what did you think of the season one um, highlights of, of, of House of the Dragon? Did it did it meet your expectations? That it was a little bit less than because I think. Everyone was still, I felt like everyone was still suffering from a bit of a hangover from Game of Thrones.
1: It exceeded my expectations because when it was announced, I was genuinely curious, but I'm just like, okay, how are they going to approach this? And then episode after episode, I was like, okay, this is why I felt, this show is reminding me why I fell in love with Game of Thrones. You know, it was the political backstabbing, all the intricate plotting, and of course, the dragons. Because dragons are cool.
0: <laughs> what about you, Adrian?
1: Yeah, I, I think when we we talked about this,
2: I think the podcast we, we did it was maybe the we, the first episode maybe had come out. I think the last time we talked about it, um, and I went from being like the biggest Game of Thrones fan to hating. I wasted ten years of my life after season eight to now being back on the high train again. It, it, it's a fantastic show. It, I think it's one of the most. It's one of the best. Most one of the most well acted shows on TV. I think. Um, this year it, it, it's incredible that cast is amazing i know everyone's like oh matt smith matt smith but the the way that they they do their age jumps and the actresses and the actors they got to do those age jumps is perfect i saw a video on tiktok that kind of like superimpose allison's act, uh, actresses in different like scenes and stuff and it's it's just beautiful art it, it, it's just so good it's so good
0: it's and it's interesting as well that use of the um time jumps as well isn't it? it it's something i thought like oh there's gonna be you know a big time jump and we're you know we're just gonna go through but there was, there was a n- numerous time jumps in there and it's kind of like mm-hmm. I, I feel like kind of caught because like in one sense they're kind of you know they're getting you to what you really want to get to like is you know this whole big civil war which you're obviously leading towards i mean that's a big surprise but then i like i uh you know from another side of things i was like Man, there's just so much story there, like, waiting to be explored. And there's no reason they couldn't go back ever and, you know, like, do something with that. But it, it's crazy. It's 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 interesting just because Game of Thrones took so much time to develop each character, each plot. And, like, even as, like, you know, a journey from Winterfell to, you know, King's Landing took a couple of episodes to get down. Like, this was just like, whoop, we've just skipped a couple of years. Like, it, it was kind of... Uh, very, very different pacing to
2: find. Yeah, I, I think if I had to describe it to anyone who like hasn't watched the show but is like wondering if they should go back to Game of Thrones, I I think I see it as like uh, Dragon Ball Z Kai. You know, oh. it, it it gets right into it. There's there's no need for like the long trips and, and things like that. Um, the, the action happens immediately, which which I like because this thing's been around for ten years, right? You don't need a whole lot of backstory like we know who these people are you know it's it's well and it's
0: it's very centrally focused as well like yeah. you're really mm-hmm. honed in on you know yeah where most of the conflict is yeah there's it's like, like there's there's
2: like two locations <laughs> yeah. yeah all least, yeah. killer no filler <laughs> yeah all exactly all killer no filler that's that's a perfect uh representation of, of how it works but it just works so well like it it, it smashes it and it brings back that that kind of like water cooler hype around shows again. And, I, and that was something that we talked about too when we first talked about Game of Thrones was, or, or just HBO in general, just like how are they able to kind of keep doing this over and over again? And I think this proves that they're able to do these, you know, long standing series. And now people have to wait for two years and everyone hates it. And you know, <laughs> I, I love it. I'm here for it. Our, our discord was was all over the place every single week. Yeah. Uh, everyone yeah. was was talking about it every single week in our discord. And I think that's a marker of a truly great show.
0: Man, so I was gonna say, if anyone's listening right now, I, and if you ever needed an excuse to come and join the Discord, the memes that were dropped after the finale, actually, absolutely come jump join the Discord to see some of the memes because some of them were just killer, just so much fun. I, I laughed at quite a few of them. I'm sure there's still there's gonna be more to come as well. So, um, and that finale was was absolutely fantastic. So if you haven't seen it, I encourage you to go watch it. I think even if you've not really watched any Game of Thrones and you're hesitant to jump in. I think House of the Dragons are really good jumping off point. And again, it's very centrally focused on a couple of characters. So I think it's, you, you know, if you haven't done it, it's a good binge at this point. And I'm off for binging as well as like, you know, those those weekly watches. So uh, I think it's safe to say we, we we give it a big thumbs up on that show. So we're happy. and But now we're in agony waiting for its second season. So it's going to be interesting to see what they bring All right, moving swiftly on, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania dropped a new trailer this week. It's going to be coming out February 17th, 2023. It's the third film directed by Peyton Reed, and it will be introducing Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror and Kathy Newton as Cassie Lang, uh, an older Cassie Lang as well, which they've recast. So, guys, uh, CJ, start with you. What do you think of
1: the trailer? It was... Mind-blowing and very interesting in terms of Ant-Man because uh, the first Ant-Man film was decent, but it also came out at the same time as Force Awakens and Jurassic World, which are big, and then it had the whole Edgar Wright had left the project, so there was that. And then the second one was decent enough, but it also came out in the same year as Black Panther and Infinity War, which are obviously big reasons. And now I feel like the third film is reckoning with that and making Ant-Man a big deal and also, you know, pitting him against Kang the Conqueror. And this is said to lead into Avengers: The Kang Dynasty because the same screenwriter is also writing Quantum Mania The Kang Dynasty. So I'm interested yeah. to see how it goes. And for one of the few times, I'm actually interested in the villain more than the hero because, again, I love Paul Rudd and Scott Lang, but Jonathan Majors has proven to be a freaking phenomenal actor, and I cannot wait to see him bring Kang to conqueror to life. So
0: man, I was gonna say, did you guys catch the uh, Jonathan Majors? I think it was, was it was at the Hollywood Reporter or his Men's Health where he did some of those like. Body shots, dude mm-hmm. is chiseled. Yeah, I'm I didn't think like... that
2: anyone can make me feel worse than Chris Hemsworth, but uh, Jonathan Majors did it.
1: <laughs> How do you think back. I feel? I'm looking at this. And I'm just like, my mom texted me and wanted to know more about this. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: The man's just a beast. I mean, it it's just absurd. I was just like, sorry, Ant Man, you had a good run, but you're about to get squashed. Adrian, any thoughts on
2: it? Uh, I mean, you know how I roll with trailers, but uh, I've seen a bunch of stills and stuff. I mean, I'm I'm gonna be there. I I, I love Ant Man like as like a as a character and just like how what he brings to like the the whole MCU um, altogether. So I'm glad that he's getting kind of like the main spotlight, at, like the first big film of the year for next year, right? That's the first big film, Marvel film. Yeah, oh, that
1: to be right. Frappy, right? Yeah, Phase Five. Yeah, so, so,
2: five? Yeah, so uh, I'm 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 here for it. I'm glad that, that he gets to kick it off and. Scott Lang, I I think is great. I I saw the uh the clip of him running to to go find Cassie, uh in Endgame, and I was like, oh yes, this is why I love him as like a person, just because he's an actual person, and it makes it easy for like a family man. Yeah, yeah. it makes it easy to root for for, for him, because yeah. that's like that's like it's a real thing that would have happened in that situation. So um, I'm here for it, and I hope he doesn't kill my boy. <laughs> I was gonna say the Amp the Ant the Man series I think is kinda like
0: really achieved what it was meant to and it's just meant to be light, like family fun and like play with that whole element of a shrunken person in a big world with salt shakers mm-hmm. and all that fun stuff. And it's just entertaining, like just it's a really fun thing. Like it you know, it reminds me of uh, you know, Honey, I shrunk the kids kind of and, yeah. it, and again Paul Rudd's just such a, a compelling, likable, funny person as well. So um it's it's going to be interesting and again it, it this is a darker twist on this especially when you have someone like Jonathan Majors and you you include uh Kang the Conqueror so it's going to be interesting to see how they've twisted it you know based on how we've already seen Jonathan Majors in Loki so i'm, I'm excited to see and then i i have had rumors that there could be a uh, a machine designed for killing in this one as well Shall we shall we say um so it'll be interesting to see if if Modoc makes an appearance,
1: voiced by Patton Oswalt, bust because I cannot hear anybody <laughs> else other than Patton Oswald. Yeah, no. that's gonna it's
0: gonna be very interesting because I had a, a couple of rumors that uh, Jim Carrey was maybe had done it, but yeah, so it's it'll be interesting to see who voices him. But yeah, um sticking with the Marvel theme. We also had a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special that will be coming to Disney Plus on November 25th. Of course, directed by James Gunn and starring all of our favorite favorite guardians, and it will also be introducing Kevin Bacon as Kevin Bacon. And I I was a little surprised by this one. Well, I kind of forgot it was a thing. Honestly, I'd absolutely forgotten it was a thing. So like, when it came out, I was just like, it's it's tough as well because I'm I'm skewed because the last Marvel like special presentation we got was Werewolf by Night, and it was so so good. So this one will be interesting. However. I do have faith that James Gunn, you know, like really pours himself into his projects, so it'll be interesting to see kind of like how this one actually shapes up. Um, Adrian, did you have any initial thoughts when you saw it?
2: I, I think that they're the perfect people to do a holiday special with, and I'm excited to see it. I think one of the things that I was bummed out about with Thor, Thor: Love and Thunder, was we didn't get enough Guardians, even though like they showed them in the trailer a bunch. Uh, yeah. So I'm excited to see see them again. Uh, Not Chris Pratt, but you know, (gasps) everyone else I'm excited to see. Um, and James Gunn, he's a powerhouse, you know, so it's going to be good. It would have something like crazy would have to happen for this not to be what it's meant to be, is like an entertaining, just kind of sit down and have a good time and get ready for King the Conqueror to ruin all of our lives next year. So (laughs) I'm here for it. Yeah, CJ,
1: my first thought was. Good going, James Gunn. You've more or less wrecked the six degrees of Kevin Bacon game for all eternity. My second thought was pure happiness. The Guardians of the Galaxy films are probably some of my all-time favorites in the MCU. I just was blown away by the first one and just emotionally wrecked by the second one. And now we get to have something full on them. Yeah, they've been integral in Infinity War and Endgame. And like Adrian said, we could have used more of them in Love and Thunder. But this is going to be full on, you know, Story focus on them and it'll be fun. And I really hope this is the beginning of something because I loved Werewolf by Night and that was a Halloween themed one. And now we have a Christmas themed one with Guardians. So if we keep getting like Halloween and Christmas themed Marvel specials, I would not complain at all that would be dope hulk hulk valentine special yes <laughs> so well, my that's God.
0: it it reminds me like as far as kind of like it's the it's the comic a- adaptation of like the one shots right
1: mm-hmm. yeah like, yeah it's, it's like, just like one of those like like, like a graphic like, novel in a short film form
0: yeah like almost just like a very short story, like if, uh, an idea in mind like it's just gonna like this one thing and just out and it's, it doesn't have to be like it. Especially with on Disney Plus, it can kind of keep its own rules as far as it doesn't have to be too long, too short, and yeah, it's going to be interesting. So, I mean, based on what we saw as far as the premise, it it seems kind of loose, and I I am hesitant just because of you know how Thor Love and Thunder ended up, you know, landing as trying to be for everyone and not quite quite delivering anything of any any substance i i thought you know based yeah. on again I, yeah. I think
2: james gunn cares about the characters more than taika does
0: exactly and I think. I think that's the only thing that's kind of making me like okay well you know i am I'll, I'll definitely give it a chance to see what it does so um it and like you how- said J- James Gunn, he's just—he's a good guy. Like he, he, he yeah, he's really... literally
2: transcending comic franchises now. Yeah, yeah, it's, he's, it's, just, hes not one of those everywhere. ones that
0: tends to like phone in or you know, like make too light-hearted of a situation. Like there's a point in mind. He's he, his plot like reaches where it's supposed to. So it's, it'll be interesting. It'll definitely be interesting. And I, I think you know. We obviously won't have long to wait so you know November 25th it's less than a month away now yeah I mean,
2: if it's if, if it's like a fraction of like peacemakers ability to like be funny and they still you. work it's gonna be fine and, yeah right. obviously it's, it's gonna be I mean, fine.
0: I think what peacemaker shocked me was how emotional it was as mm-hmm. well like it's it was funny and had yeah. great action but it did have a lot of emotion to it yeah. so I, I remember think,
1: you know, thinking why give this guy of all the characters in Suicide Squad, the spinoff and then he showed okay cause because that I think that's how gun works. He take he knows that there are some like ridiculous insane elements of comics but he digs down to the heart of it. Cause he did this twice with a movie that has a giant man eating shark and a talking tree and a gun toting raccoon. Not many people <laughs> could do that but he does it and God bless him for yeah. it. That's what we call range.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Range. The yeah. man has
1: range <laughs>
0: Speaking of James Gunn, obviously it was announced, uh, as we recorded this week, uh, James Gunn and Peter Saffron have been tapped to lead the new DC studio. So uh, the quote from The Hollywood Reporter says, filmmaker James Gunn and producer Peter Saffron have been tapped to lead DC films, TV and animation efforts as co-chairs and co-CEOs. Of DC Studios, a newly formed division at Warner Brothers that will replace DC Films. So it's kind of interesting that they've they've taken what was in place for DC, completely changed it, and let Gunn and Safran um, have complete control over not only film but TV and animation, uh, which is big. Like, you, you know, they basically said no, like we want all of DC you know we want to basically you know synergize it i guess it would be the the best term so cj what 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 are your thoughts i guess what are your expectations that you know gun's gonna gun and saffron are, are gonna bring to this uh franchise that it's maybe been lacking
1: i i actually like that you mentioned that tv and film animation are going to be in here because uh One area I felt that DC has always excelled at is animation. You know, you've had Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, Young Justice, just like. Oh, and Harley Quinn on HBO Max, which is so good. Banger after banger after banger. So if Gunn and Saffron want to focus more on that, that is something I hope. Also, given that Gunn's projects so far focused on lesser known DC characters, there's more of that because, okay, look, I get that Batman is cool i get wanting you know make superman a big focus but dc has like tons of characters like there's okay blue beetle is having his own stuff but you know static satana justice league dark uh the outsiders there's just like so many dc characters out there that could have much of a shine because that is honestly that is what Marvel excelled at. They didn't have their big characters at the time. You didn't you know they didn't have Spider-Man, X-Men, and Fantastic Four. So they had to build up Cats America, Iron Man, Thor, and the Avengers. And here we are. So if Gunn and Saffron do that for DC, then I think we are in good hands. And I hope they do because there are some characters I would like to see. Namely Swamp Thing because I still am not over Swamp Thing's show getting canceled. And we saw was- Everybody Loves Man Thing, So let's get our big other big leafy boy in here. So that's where I'm at.
0: Adrian, what what did you make of the news? And uh, have you you got any expectations for what you expect to see moving forward?
2: Yeah, I mean, everything we said about James Gunn before add to this. You know, Um, I think that he I think he cares enough for like the properties that he's in that he's going to do right by them. Um, My hope is that, like CJ said, we get other things other than a new Batman every five years uh i'm sorry Uh, i'm over it i I don't care i'm done someone asked me my favorite batman the other day and the only thing i could think of was the animated batman because he's the only one that i genuinely care about so if we get more animated batman uh i'm here for it but i think that he will i mean he he made everyone love guardians of the galaxy you know like if he can do that with that if he can make everyone love a giant shark if he can make everyone love peacemaker like he's going to do right by the characters. And I think that's the, the biggest thing. And I don't know if like changing it from DC studios to DC films means that we're not, I, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but are we, are we done with continuity? Are we just doing like one-off kind of things now? I, I think
0: there's there's a possible push. I mean, let's face it. Like if you look at the current state of DC things, it, it's all over the place. Like, yeah. you know, you've got whatever's going on with wonder woman. Um, I mean, Aquaman seem, still seems to be going pretty strong and still,
2: yeah, so I, I I only say like, it because because I think that he can do he can they can do it either way. Yeah, um, you yeah, know yeah. if they well, want to like it's, they just want to reboot this it? whole thing. Like I, 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 I yeah. trust them to kind of like go back and kind of go back to the drawing board for this. But if they say you know screw it, we're just gonna do things I have no like one, one shot things. I have no problem with that. I'm here for yeah. it. I'll, I'll go to a movie. I have enough continuity stuff with DC, like I, or with with Marvel. Like I, I can still yeah. see a Blue Beetle movie, have it be a self contained Blue Beetle movie, take me back to two thousand two, you know, Sam Raimi Spider Man, where it's just Spider Man, and that's what you were going to see. That's that's completely okay. with Well, me. and I,
0: I think that's a fair point, isn't it? Like you know, Marvel is so hell bent on the continuity of everything and keeping it all in yeah. you know chronological order, but like with DC, like it's kind of like they don't have to. To mirror that, they can do their own thing and they can really just say, we're just going to make good movies that, you know, maybe a couple of them connect there and there, but the whole thing doesn't have to connect. Because I think
1: like a lot of issues was that the big heads at WWE were trying to chase what Marvel was doing, realizing nobody, uh, the thing that people care about in Marvel movies isn't really the continuity, it's the characters like. You yeah. spent a decade with those characters, which is why like Infinity War and Game hit. Yeah. And with the Suicide Very Squad, invested. you he gave he gave great character to a bunch of super villains, the people you usually root against. So
0: if you he made them, he made them compelling. Where they where he, the characters he wanted you to feel for and invest in, you fell yes. for and you invested in because uh. he made them compelling. But the ones he was just using more of plot devices that were just there to suffer horrible deaths and serve as comedic timing. They did their part. like they, they served their, their their part in the film. Like he, he used it like a chessboard. Like he was, yeah. you know, very aware. Like it's not just like, hey, you're supposed to care about this person. He's gonna do a bunch of kick ass things, but we're not really gonna give you any reason to care about them as well. So um, so yeah, he, yeah. bottom
1: line, it can it can it can either be building up to a crisis on the infinite earth salation or they just be doing whatever Floats their boat just as long as it has good characters. And I believe when Gunn is suffering to do that.
2: Yeah, and I, I mean, we, we didn't really talk about Peter Saffron all that much, and I really don't know too much about it, but he does horror stuff, right? So like, he's, done, he's done a lot of horror He's done back.
1: The Conjuring and yeah, other that's, franchises that's WB. Yeah, that makes I sense. So you young... can get
2: horror DC now, you know, yeah. right? Like, why why do you bring these two swap together? Swap thing! Other than, Give us swap yeah, thing! Yeah. <laughs> why why bring those two together other than to have, like, the best of every genre that you can yeah, do mm-hmm. in, with a superhero or a supervillain in it? Like, sign me up, well, let's and, do it. And
0: not, not to mention, I think what I really liked, that dc has done with james gunn is they've let him have free reign and say tell the story you want to tell regardless like so if you want to go making an r-rated go on a make an r-rated and he makes it funny without having to water it down and kind of make it cheap as well like he does a great job of that but i guess what i'm curious to see you know a lot of i think what we've driven at you know on the subject so far is like the filmmaker james Gunn. it's going to be interesting to see him now as the you know co-chair co-ceo of the franchise how he's going to i guess empower other people to kind of like who's he going to put into those pivotal roles to tell those stories to inspire more because you know essentially he's going to be the person making those decisions now instead of like making those stories necessarily and he's probably going to have input i imagine but It'll be interesting to see how that that influence grows so that was a that was a good talk, and I think it's gonna be interesting to see how that develops. I think we've already seen a little bit of it this past week where I think the Green Lantern show was already sent back to the writing room and they're completely revisiting that i think there's I think there was a couple of rumors floating about that it may be going back to focus on more John Stewart I think it is It CJ? is
1: focusing on John Stewart. Yeah, yes. I think
0: the initial concept had like a couple of green lanterns I and mean, it was almost like a green lantern's core type story with uh, a couple of different lanterns with focus, but I think they've they've sent that back to the the putting room and they're, they're going to try and figure all that out. So it's it, it's already taken effect so if he can change the flash film. <laughs> we're all ready and waiting for Ezra
1: Miller is. died on the way back to his home planet. <laughs>
0: All right, excellent. Well, now it's time to get into our second topic of the week, Uh, and I know it's one that my fellow guests and I are ready and roaring to rip into. So in the last two weeks, the man, the myth, the legend, Guillermo del Toro made a point to highlight the stop motion animators of the latest Netflix movie, Pinocchio by listing them at the top of the credits while also bringing the absolutely adorable model of the wooden boy pinocchio himself with him to the red carpet event which is something that we don't often see or have people speak up about you know especially when it comes to animation and visual effects artistry as a whole because they've lately that there's been the industry has come under uh, an immense amount of pressure and in certain uh, situations it's actually being cut you know within several locations you look at hbo max we've seen it at netflix um so it, it's going to be interesting to see but we wanted to kind of talk about this as a whole and you know explore a little deeper um and i guess the first point i want to talk about is kind of like you know what guillermo del Toro has basically done is give credit to these hard working people in an industry where it doesn't seem to kind of like focus on them it's always kind of like the director you know the stars of the show the voice actors um animators and and visual effects artists don't really kind of get listed or or spotlighted as kind of like the the heroes of you know film and tv essentially so it's CJ, do you, do you have any thoughts on this? Like, well, I guess what was the first thing that came to mind when you saw like, you know, this, this news come out?
1: I was like, good for Del Toro, because that man is speaking, speaking some truth. Everybody, just when they see animation, they just assume, oh, it's just drawing and stuff. No, you've got to design the characters, make them move, you know, put it all together. It, it's hard work. And I like that Del Toro is spotlighting just how much work goes into that. Especially with stop motion. You know, you've got to move the character here, shoot, move here, shoot. And it's a painstaking process. There is another Netflix film coming out that I think everybody should watch called Wendell and Wild*, directed by the great Henry Selleck, who also directed The Nightmare Before Christmas. And the work and care put into that... Rivals are even exceeds some of the live action films I've seen this year. In fact, I would go to say that Wendell while is probably in my top ten of 2022 just for the animation alone. Of course, our are other factors, right? But it's it's such a great film. Larry. It's such a great film, and it's a key example of what a lot of people, namely the big wigs up top as well as other folks, don't get about animation. You put just as much work into it as you do live action. And I'm glad that somebody, that a filmmaker of Dale Toros caliber, is willing to recognize that work because it should be recognized. That, yes, that's how I feel.
0: Adrian, what what are your thoughts on this? Because it's it's kind of unique, isn't it? That like we've seen things like She-Hulk, and you know, as far as visual effects artistry, and some people saying that you know, VFX isn't really cinematography as well and then you you talk you can get into obviously animation stop motion animation as well and who's who's going to be the champion for them it does it have to be the directors, so what are your thoughts
2: yeah i mean i think it has to be director because we wouldn't be talking about it if like the producer or you know someone on twitter said something about it right it kind of has to be the director and it just happens to be one of the most likable and talented directors there is, right? So you're gonna listen to what he says because he's you know, he he's Del Toro. Like that's 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 the guy. So um I'm glad they're doing it and I wish wish more would. Um I, I don't know, did just does, does Grendel was it, sorry, was it Grendel and Wendell? I know we talked about it. W- on-
0: Wendell and Wild.
2: Yeah, Wendell and Wild, yeah. Do, do are, are they doing similar things? Like is this gonna start kind of like the trend of where we highlight those animators at the at the top or you know, I think it has to happen. Someone else has yeah. to do it too. Like he can't be the only one saying it because he's not going to do stop anim- animation, you know, things for the rest of his life because of this. So the next person up, the next big thing, I think has to also put that same kind of um, pressure and just just general recognition out there. So it becomes the norm.
0: Absolutely. Like, I, and I think you're right, like. He's hopefully said something in motion that will kind of like have people take notice and you know make enough noise, uh, you know across the industry where you know people start to do those those same things and start to, you know, again essentially assign credit where it's due because more often than not, like if you were to look for like who's doing all of this work, you're you're waiting you know quite some time in before you get to it, and it might just be you know you see a director atop who kind of like you know was in charge of directing the, the the workshop itself but like you know there's there's hundreds of these animators are going again with visual effects artistry like i i still think back to you know the initial sonic film and the you know the vigorous uh redesign work that went into that whole movie to make it an utter utter success like to mm-hmm. I mean, it really was like you think about that initial trailer and the backlash that was caused from that, and the fact that you know a lot of the bigwigs signed off on those concept designs to go and change it, and then still have it come out. I think it was like three, four months later or something like that. It's, it's yeah. crazy. Um, so yeah, so it it would be absolutely pleasant to see that this starts something, but I think it's gonna have to be a. I, I would imagine if I'm being realistic, it, you're going to have to see a couple more people speaking out and a couple more people making waves. Because that's the one thing, like, I think you see, and it, it it's starting to it's starting to feel almost hollow when people say, oh, well, you know, I couldn't have done it without the VFX people. Or, you know, look at the animation. But, like, they're not the ones on the red carpet. They're not doing anything to really highlight the, the words themselves. Like, you're speaking out. But, like, Guillermo's actually done something, like, tangible there hasn't he like he's brought mm-hmm. the puppet with him and like look at the design of this thing and he's, he's yeah. putting you know the art the the animation artist up top of the credits it's, yeah it's a, I, it's a thing based on
2: yeah i i think what i would like to see um i mean not for like every movie right but this movie is is going to be huge so i would love to see like a kind of you know star wars-esque thing where we kind of go behind the scenes and we watch the thing, like all the stuff for it, to see like what went into making it, so people have like a literal appreciation for how hard it is to make that movie. Um, I, I I think of like the volume and how when we when people saw that, it put a different perspective on how the movie or how the Mandalorian specifically, like. Worked, yes, there's there's like behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and they, yeah. yeah, and even for I guess for for House of Dragon or House of the Dragon when they had the the volume um, for for like the finale, and I'm sure other things as well. Like it changes your perspective on how hard it is to do those things. Yeah. And for something like this that's so meticulous, right. you know, I, I think of like Ben Wyatt in uh in Parks and Rec when he does his little stop and motion animation thing. that's like yeah. thirty <laughs> seconds long, and he spends all that time. That's how I think picture these these you know talented talented people doing. And I would love to see the behind the scenes on it.
0: I was going to say I I absolutely recommend there's a, a documentary on um Disney Plus. Uh, it's actually a series. It's the um I think it's called In- Industry Light Magic.
1: Light and Magic.
0: Light and Magic. Thank you, see i reviewed that. I should know it. <laughs> um but Light and Magic. It's it's the whole kind of like history and the work that went into ILM to get them, you know to the past they are. but they they spend a lot of time with Phil uh, Phil Tippett. And like doing those like stop motion movements and like what he did and like, and even now to, you know, once um, visual effects and, you know, computer animation became a thing, um, he was still brought in because they just, he had gotten used to physically moving characters and like what that would look like that they couldn't quite translate it onto, you know, uh, onto a computer. So he, he still became really important to the work that you know went into like you know something like jurassic park that essentially took his job uh which is, is kind of crazy so i'd, I'd absolutely recommend lo- watching something like that because there's there's just a um, there's an art there that you kind of you don't really appreciate it until you see that the work that goes into it. it it's so intense and they're they spend hours and hours and hours doing these things It's crazy um yeah, I guess I that kind of brings us nicely onto kind of like the next point, you know. I like, it, it's it's tough. It, I guess it, it's what I, I'd like to say is the fact that Del Toro has made these comments and made such a conscious effort to include these people in a time where we're seeing animation getting gutted across several sections of the industry, you know. We've seen animation being cut at um HBO Max, we've seen certain animation studios being cut at Netflix, although they still do a lot of animation work still. Um, and, you know, in certain areas where they're just not really kind of taking animation films as as serious or kind of devaluing it and saying, you know, oh, it's, it's for kids, you know, cartoons are for kids kind of thing. But I mean, you know, even on a broader sense, like you look at some of the um, ridiculous working conditions that are placed on visual effects artists as well like again i, I look at something like she hulk in the time what they actually churned out and like the again unrealistic reputations that they're supposed to deliver something great with no time to do it in so like it, it it's harsh i mean like cj what what have you made of this lately because it's 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 been brutal to watch yeah.
1: I want to read a quote from Brad Bird here, who most viewers may know by directing The Iron Giant and The Incredibles. The point is animation is not a genre. It is a method of storytelling. People are constantly analyzing it and misanalyzing it as if it is a genre. It isn't a genre. It can do horror films. It can do adult comedies if it wanted to. It could do fairy tales. It could do science fiction. It could do musicals. It could do mystery. It could do anything. And I think, again, what Bird's point here is it's very concrete more now than ever because you go and you see something like a uh, Disney CEO Bob Chapek stupidly saying that animation cannot be targeted towards adults when we've had Invincible, Vox Machina, Love, Death, and Robots. There's also this animation that uh, animation can only be for kids or if you do do it adults it has to be something like Family Guy or The Simpsons and you don't have that in-between stuff like uh, most of the DC animated stuff or something like uh, Cyberpunk Edge Rodgers.
0: I mean, I still think there's an there's an art with like you know a Rick and Morty or Lower with Oh yeah, yeah that's, true, that's, that. true, that's, that's true. That's true.
1: That's true. That's that's actual where...
0: comedy. Like it's not treated the same way. Like just because it's animated comedy, it's not a comedy TV series. Like you know, like well, they're the same thing. It's just you've got more freedom to to express yourself for, like, you know an animation. So, Adrian, what what have you made towards this uh, kind of worrying trend lately?
2: Yeah, it's just never like really made a lot of sense to me. Just to say things like that, especially if you look at like the demographic of like I don't know gamers. You know, what what is video games other than just playing a cartoon mm-hmm. you know, or an animation? Yeah. You know, and how big is that industry? Adults love it's it. Monstrous. Adults love it. It's it, it, it's a genre, right? Like like, like you said, it, or it's, it's a medium. To, medium. You know, yeah. It's a medium to to project whatever genre you want. And that's why like like CJ is mentioning like, Arcane alone on Netflix is one of the best shows that i've seen let alone animation it's so beautifully done um but i don't even know if you're able to like tell that story in live action Mm -hmm. you know you get to do things that you don't get to do in live action with this is why invincible is so brutal like Mm -hmm. the boys is brutal like in a different way but like uh invincible is just like just feels like i'm watching a comic and that's and that's and that's what people want you know i don't know it's just really really tough and i hope that we just start putting these things in there. I don't know. Maybe with, like, Pinocchio, something there changes because it's Del Toro and he has the namesake and, and all that. So maybe we, we see a big shift there where he's, like, you know, like the first one to get thrown into some other category or something and things change up a little bit. But it's just such a weird – it's 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 weird. It's weird and out of touch, I think, with, like, the reality of of what it is. Like, if you're going to tell me that – you know, cartoons are just for kids, and then tell me that arcane is for kids. You're out of your mind. You're just out of your <laughs> mind. Like, there's no way. Tell me, tell me, Vox Machina is for kids. Like, there's, there's oh just no God, way. Yeah, yeah. There's like,
0: no it, it's it's kind of interesting. With like, it's it's been really cool to see. You know what Prime Video's done. You know, you CJ mentioned there. You've got Invincible. You've got you know Vox Machina, and then you've got um they also premiered the anthology series of The Boys Di- Diabolical, which was again. I, I love those on anthology animations like Love Death and Robots and um, Visions, Star Wars Visions.
2: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Because I'm also thinking about like other franchises like Star Wars who like devalues like Rebels or uh-huh. uh, the Clone Wars or Resistance. But I'm just like, this this is the best the best Star Wars. What do you mean?
1: Actually, you know what? Actually, you know what? This whole debate should be solved four words. Avatar the last airbender. There.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's just it's a great medium, man. man.
0: Well, and it, it's crazy. I mean, even even beyond like the animation as a whole. Like, I, I, you know, I, I remember there was a this crazy debate going on about like someone was talking about the, the cinematography of kind of like visual effects, and like, well, no, that's not cinematography. That's that's just that's VFX. And you're like, well, hold on, like, because now it's like devaluing what people are trying to do. Like the shots that you have to specifically take those. Those big landscape shots and like people are creating that like and it's if nothing else like you're either capturing that you know on a camera and getting the angle and getting the light or you're physically creating that shot and it to me that's that's again still the cinematography yeah, you still man. have to have it in your head with how you want it to look like because that can look a million different ways and maybe not quite land in the same way or yeah. how you pan across it like what you do with it like it is cinematography. Like you you've created that and it's how do you use it? You know,
1: like of the many, many things people on Twitter do not understand about filmmaking. Cinematography is not one it's not just pointing a camera and shooting, ooh, pretty picture. It's composing it. How the person stands in shot, the background, the angles, the uh yeah. visual storytelling. Cause um I recently saw a movie. Where the director uses a lot of wide angle shots to censure a character and visually show their loneliness. See, there you go. Yeah. Also, if you think making stuff in the camera, we take it up with James Cameron because Avatar, more or less, 90% of it is made in the computer and it still looks gorgeous to this day. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's crazy. I just, uh, I, I, and it's tough as well, right? Because, you know, a lot of the decisions behind this sometimes it's the data that kinda of goes behind. Like I know HBO Max is in kind of like a, a world of upheaval constantly just because like I mean I think it came out that Warner Brothers duped some of their subscriber numbers to Discovery to make their, you know, um to set basically sell a better product and you know, because of that maybe there's some financial impacts down the line where they've had to cut to just to stay profitable. Like it's Sometimes it's tough, but it, it's sad that sometimes those cuts come on the animation side, but, you know, it's difficult as well to say, like, you know, where are the numbers lying? But it, the thing I struggle with, I guess, the most is when you hear first-hand accounts of people in animation and some of the, the crap that they have to put up with and the, the working conditions they're under. And, like, they they're just, to me, like, I think the biggest thing above credit, above... You know valuing them is like let's pay them like there's i'm sorry but there's so much money in this industry floating about and we can't pay these poor people who are delivering just stunning pieces of work like I, you know you think of like what powerhouse does and i'm not i'm not saying powerhouses by any means a, a you know a problem in this like i just think of some of the awesome visual work they've done and how many animators behind there have, have been behind it like it's just one of those things. I I just wish we'd value this stuff before, you know, we essentially run people out of town, like and make it sure, like, well, you can be in it, but you're not going to make any money, and no one's going to care what you do, because at the end of the day, you know, Joe Schmo's going to come up and voice it, and he's going to get all the credits essentially. So, like, I I'd, I'd hate to see that happen. You can
2: say it, say it, say his name, Chris, Chris Pratt. Pratt. Chris Pratt. <laughs> I like that we were all on the same. Uh-huh.
0: And by the way, that Mario animation looks oh,
2: oh. Looks very very good. I know. I might just watch it on mute. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> <laughs> but then you'll
0: miss Jack Black's Bowser. I know. Ah, oh, God, I love Jack
2: Black. Oh. So good. There's a man so who cares good. about animation as well, oh. yeah. as well as voice acting. But... Yeah, yeah. Voice yeah acting he's done good. a little,
0: he's done a lot of work in that industry, yeah. hasn't he? So yeah, I just again, I just love it. And and to your point, CJ, like animation is is a medium for storytelling. And I'd I'd like to say that I think lately we've seen such a diversity in what it can do, and the franchises that you can adapt to, like you know. Yeah, I,
2: mean, I think if you have that stance, still you're just not watching anything. There's just yeah. no way you've watched anything that's come out in the last like three years if you think animation is still just for kids. Uh-huh. Uh, I it's, I say, it's I, on the I, forefront I, of so many things now. Like you said, yeah. Prime Video, Netflix is doing more adult animation. Uh, HBO has so many great, you know, DC. Animations that are, fan- I mean, Harley Quinn is obviously not yeah. for kids, yeah. and it slaps, it <laughs> smashes. So, like, if, if you yeah. have that opinion, and it sucks that the see C- like the Disney execs don't watch the stuff they put on their their platform, apparently. Mm-hmm. uh But if you have that opinion, you're just not watching animation. I'm sorry.
0: I was gonna say Disney is a weird one though, because I think like, and I know that like, so that co- comment from chapik as well. Like, I we were kind of talking about it in our Discord recently, kind of analyzing kind of what he meant because I I think his overall tone was kind of pushing for mature content as opposed to kind of like, you know, what kids were watching as far as kids movies because they don't, I mean, other than Star Wars, I don't think they have a lot of animation. That's really aimed at adults anyway, you know, with on that, you know, on that streaming site. So again, it's, it's the ones that popped in my head right away is it's either Marvel, what if, um, or, you know, Clone Wars, rebels and you know visions and stuff like that so i i would like them to maybe think they'll do more with it but i guess we'll see i mean again we got what if and we're getting marbles marvel zombies Mm -hmm. we're also and which is supposed to be
1: it's rated tv TV, 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 which and and again
0: to chapik's credit like chapik is pushing for mature content which i don't know if Iger was ever really that interested on pushing towards so he's 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 not the greatest speaker. I'll give him that. He tends to yeah, find fair. himself fair. in a lot of holes. Yeah, like, yeah, like I, I every day, it's
1: a race lists. between David Zoslov and Bob Chap to say who, which white man has messed up this time. Just take care. I, I know. Yeah,
0: uh, but I, yeah, I guess it'll be like you know the the at the end of the day the um the proof is in the pudding, right? So you know we are getting Marvel Zombies. I mean, hell, we're we're getting X Men '97 back, which mm. is going to be. You know, exciting to see that coming in. So, I, I think for me, like if anyone's on the edge, like kind of listen to this and think, ah, you know, animation is for kids. Though, like, I go watch Invincible, and I've 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 done this with a friend. A friend was just kind of like, ah, oh, you know, it's for kids. I was like, just go watch Invincible, and then tell me how you feel. I was like, watch, watch the the, the first episode to the very end, and if you don't feel the draw to watch the next episode and then the next episode, and by the end, like, smash through and be like, that was amazing. I don't know what to tell you.
2: Cause- yeah, that's the perfect way to do it. I did the same thing with my uncle right. who got me into like all of this nurse stuff. He's never been big on like animation, and I showed him. Uh, Invincible, the first episode. I thought, all right, there's no way he's gonna keep watching it. I come back, he's like on episode three uh, because it's just that good. You know, if you give it a chance, it'll it'll pull you in. I I I think my recommendation would be to go find the animation in the genre you like and then go go give it a shot. Like if you like Star Trek, go watch Lower Decks because it's perfect. It's so good. It's every Star Trek fan. I think you know what you would want in like an animated Star Trek thing. So it's out there. You just got to go find it and trust your friends who tell you that you'll like it.
0: I mean, it's it's funny because I, I've even seen it with people who like love Star Wars, but refuse to give like Rebels and Clone Wars a go because it was like, oh, well, that's for kids. And I mean, I, I was I was in that category. I absolutely was when I first saw it. I just thought, oh, well, this is aimed at a younger audience. So, you know, what's it got to me? And then I had a couple of friends like, no, no, you've got to watch it. Like some of the Star Wars narratives they get into and what they explore, like it's, it's so much more than it. Like there's definitely some filler episodes, absolutely, but like it, it, it's so much more than it appears. And when I went through and watched, it, I was like, "Wow, they're they right." Like yeah, it, show, it, it's just waiting yeah, there to yeah, be. Yeah, show that's me a
2: show me a show me a Star Wars fan who doesn't love the Mortis arc, and I'll oh, show you a liar. Yeah, right? exactly, no exactly.
1: Ways. So much good stuff, and and I guess I want to bring up another quote from another great filmmaker, Martin Scorsese, who said enrich your palette and expand the canvas which definitely fits into animation there is so much there is a wide wide canvas of animation and i believe if you expand your horizons you'll learn just how great of a medium this can be for storytelling
0: absolutely and i love that you brought martin scorsese into it given that you know guillermo del toro is basically like ready to fight everyone on martin scorsese's behalf which I just, when he came up with those comments, he was like, "I am, I am ready to give my life and anyone else's life just so Marty can live longer." Oh, it's just like, man, that, that's, that's friendship right there. Mm. That's right or die.
1: <laughs> we should uh, all, uh, yeah, we should all try to be more like Guillermo del Toro, I think.
0: So hopefully we'll see more efforts from the industry to value animation and visual effects artistry. Um, I mean, I, I I love what Guillermo del Toro has done there. So hopefully we'll see more directors kind of, you know, taking up in that same vein and, you know, really pushing the animators and the, you know, the artists behind the stuff that we love. Because, you know, it's if we keep treating them poorly, it's only going to be a matter of time before we start to get you know, worse quality and it's only going to impact us as the audience. So. We you know we share as much as that responsibility to kind of to, to talk off for them, and you know when you see a piece that you love, go out and you know say how much you love it because those animators absolutely are on social media platforms and they are when you tag things they're they're looking at it, so make sure you go out there and, and tell an animator today that you appreciate them, and you think they should be paid a lot more because they they deserve it they they work hard all right folks that was a an, enjoyable and fascinating conversation uh which brings us nicely on to our third topic of the podcast what have we been watching this week that we think uh our, our friends of the podcast would enjoy uh, cj we'll start with you
1: well i watched the first two episodes of the peripheral on amazon prime it is it is based on a novel by william gibson and it stars chloe grace moretz as a girl who starts playing this video game but it turns out it's a link to uh it has a link to the actual future where she's following a robot body of herself and she gets caught up in a web of mystery and intrigue and i think a lot of people would like it if they like cyberpunk edge runners or westworld especially because lisa joy and jonathan nolan who do who were behind westworld are producers on this so that's why i've been watching um
0: i and if you want to talk about visual effects archery, because I reviewed that show, mm-hmm. man, some of the later episodes are absolutely stunning to watch. Such, I don't, I a don't really, doubt it. Really I do show.
1: not doubt it. I'm also been watching Mobile Suit Gundam, The Witch for Mercury and reviewing it for a site. And I love it so much. I, I will always, I would never say no to giant robots. Again, bringing up Del Toro, like Pacific Rim. And I've always been a fan of Gundam, but this one feels really great and fresh in a way that Gundam fans old and new can come in and oh yeah it's hella gay like the first episode literally ends with two girls proposing to each other so giant robots and lesbian marriage proposals what more could you ask for
0: great recommendations Adrian have you got anything on your bucket list I guess
2: yeah I've been traveling a bunch so I haven't been able to watch nearly as much stuff I have huge backlog I haven't watched Tales of the Jedi yet that's how far behind I am on things um, but I'm I've been reading, shocked, yeah, I know it's, it's been crazy. Um, but I've been reading a lot. I mean, the, the high Republic just came back for phase two issue. One of the first comic is out path of the is out. Uh maybe by the time this comes out, uh, we'll be closer to, uh, convergence as well. So if you're a fan of star Wars, but you, you kind of missed the boat on phase one, this is a great way to get back in. We just started. There's literally like three things of publication out for the high Republic right now. And the comic is great. Kevin Scott, um, is fantastic. Uh, also just finished up with the, the Critical Role, of the Mighty Nine, the, the Nine Eyes of Lucian. So if you're familiar with Critical Role, uh, one of the main bad guys in their season two campaign or campaign two is, is Lucian. And this is kind of like a prequel to to him kind of like becoming like the Nonagon and, and all those things. So lots of really fun stuff there. But the thing that I have been watching week to week because I'm covering it for the site is Bleach, uh, Thousand Year War. It's so good. It's all good. It's so good. If you, if you haven't touched Bleach in like, you know 10 years like i hadn't uh jump back in it's 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 so good it's it's amazing the animation back to animation it's like movie quality (laughs) animation the entire way it's it's great and if you're an anime fan you should go back and and revisit bleach and my boy ichigo because it's it's really good
0: nice nice all right well i've been uh some some of my recommendations i've been watching tales of the jedi which adrian you need to go watch Um, Just really good stuff. They're they're very short episodes. There's six episodes in total. They range from about like 12 to like 15 minutes. Um, And it's solely focused on the parallels of um, Ahsoka and uh, Kanduku and kind of like their frustrations with the internal politics of things and how kind of the world shapes their view. And it's stories we've not seen from either of these characters. But man, do they hit hard. Um, there's one particular episode. I I guess what I was I was surprised about with this is I was I I knew I would love the Ahsoka episodes and I did. I was not prepared for how much more I would love the Dooku episodes and I I just didn't expect how hard the one episode would quite hit. Um, it's good. It's so good though. But it has me itching for more now. Like in that that same vein of kind of like how I love Rebels and I love Clone Wars like. This just left me like, I love the format of this, and I hope to see it adapted with other characters. Like, give me like random one shot stories from these other characters to expand their character depth and show, you know, some of the stuff that drove them
2: forward when we found them. Asajj Ventress, Quinlan Vos, like there's Absolutely. just so many you yeah. could just pick. You could do like a Star Wars Bounty Hunters like thing. Yes, like, oh, like, a Bounty Hunters you know, go. You could do Crimson Rain with this format. Oh, like there's yeah. just so it's, much stuff you can well, do I, with this short format. And animation, in animation, <laughs> yeah, by the way, you can't yeah, do this kind of stuff in live action. Yeah. this it, only well, exists because of animation. I,
0: and that's my like my only my 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 only critique. Like, by the time I got to the end of this, I was like, "But this isn't enough. I need more." Like it, it was good, and I was just I was just itching for more of it. So I'm excited for what we got, and I, I'm hopeful um, that this is open, going to open up a door for more stuff? I know it's Dave Filoni. He, he, he's I think his heart's still in Star Wars animation, so I'd be curious to see what else he's cooking yeah. up. But yeah, if you haven't if you haven't and you like Star Wars, absolutely go watch Tales of the Jedi um but i also speaking of sci-fi and still keeping in the stars i did also uh just watch and review star trek prodigy um which i was surprised how much heart this has it's it's funny because like i guess when i first watched star wars rebels i I had that same kind of like almost like come to i don't know like come to the realization like oh my god this is so good it's got so much like in it like they really do care about these characters and Star Trek Prodigy was the same way, and I remember seeing this at first like, oh, it's just Star Trek for kids. It's not going to be much, but it, it, it really is a lot there, and the characters are awesome. It's got Captain Janeway, and I, I mean, Janeway. I, I, I guess I forgot how good uh, Janeway is, and I'm, I'm completely Cj, you got to help me out with the actress name. I'm completely Kate Mulgrew. Completely, Kate Mulgrew. She's so good as well. She's got like such a like. A presence about her when she speaks and uh yeah it, it it's phenomenal it's so good I, I i just recently took it up before i watched like the you know the second this new second part of the first season uh, I, I really really enjoy it like if you're into star trek and you're kind of hesitating it's such an easy watch but it it really is enjoyable it's a, it's a good jumping off star point, i totally uh, agree it's starting so, point so if good. you've got kids yeah, and want to get into star trek this is yeah, this is this is a great entry point. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, but it was also the uh, I think the finale this week is coming out for um, Lower Decks season three. So definitely get on that. And as CJ mentioned, I did review Peripheral as well, and that is so, so so good. There's there's just been an immense amount of stuff on. I mean, I'm still loving Andor. I haven't I haven't watched the newest episode. So I'm going to go back and watch that this week as well. Just work, right? I think there's such a gluttony of great stuff out at the moment. So I think you never fail to watch the wrong thing at this point. But uh, that's been our show for this week. Thank you so much for listening in. Uh, if you like what we're doing, please don't forget to drop us a like, a subscribe, a retweet, a review. Send us a carrier pigeon if you want. Just tell us that we're doing good work. We love the validation. Uh, whatever we can get, we'll take. Uh, make sure to check out the site. Um, our YouTube channel is always doing some good stuff. I think we've got some stuff up on Twitch. Uh, and if you want to keep the conversation going, you can always find us in the But Why The Discord, chatting about the latest in pop culture news. That link is discord.gg slash butwhytho. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at butwhytho.pc. CJ where can the folks find you if they want to check out more of your stuff
1: you can find me on Twitter and as CJ writes things on Instagram and TikTok at CJ writes stuff I also if you google my name you'll find my writing work not only on but why though but also uh, Collider IGN and slash film and CBR and uh, we recently we recently concluded uh, into the Spyrocast where my partners were and I talks of all things spider-man it was a bittersweet ending but we decided it was for the best you can find the entire 50 plus run of episodes on but why though as well as apple podcasts and wherever you listen to podcasts
0: suarez loss is our game because now we get cj more regularly yay asian <laughs> <Adrian, laughs> where can the folks find you if they want to catch out more of your awesome stuff
2: yeah next time i need to go before cj because i can't follow the guy who said google me and you'll find me uh <laughs> not quite the great same i'm so credits. proud so proud of you cj you're killing it man Thanks. killing it um so for me you can find me on twitter primarily at super 93 um writing stuff on the site of course and then if you care about you know, travel tiktoks and, and fun stuff um I, i'm on tiktok at what we did vlog me and my wife just doing uh, fun travel stuff awesome and
0: i've been your host aaron you can find me at CPA on twitter and instagram you can also find all of my writing on the butwilo site and find me featured on some of the twitch and youtube reviews which i hope we're going to be doing some more of coming up here in the next month or so uh but if that's not enough you can always always find me in the butwilo discord but that's it for us this week thanks so much and we'll catch you next time